Hey, got a crazy family? Love hearing stories about crazy families? Then you need to check out our brand new podcast called My Crazy Family. Available wherever you get podcasts. Just search My Crazy Family right now. Press subscribe and don't miss any brand new episodes of My Crazy Family. You can even share your stories if you so please. We, we'd love to hear them. My Crazy Family. Search and subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Today on an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that was the inspiration for the 1998 hit single, Back That Ass Up. Damn, those were some good rhymes. I wrote them myself, actually. Girl, you look good. Won't you back that ass up? You said a fine motherfucker. Won't you back that ass up? Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Oh, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. Pure poetry for the decades. Anyway, when a young person feels as though they are losing control of their life due to drugs and alcohol, they soon suspect that there may be something else at play, something demonic. Once this realization is made, are they able to escape the grasps of the devil himself? We'll find out today on Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs> Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now. At 855-853-4802 Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown And quite possibly, the undead This is Real Ghost Stories Online That it is Welcome to the program 855-853-4802 Call the number 24 hours a day, 7 days a week Or write in your story at realghoststoriesonline.com. Just go there, type it in, send it over. We may use it on a future episode of the program. If you want access to all of our bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week, we're up to like 430-something now. Um, full episodes of those, plus you get access to the archive of episodes, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, all of our old episodes there, uh, as well as advanced episodes, and all ad-free, no commercials. You can start binging away. Uh, check it out, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to everything and you help uh, support the uh, program and keep us on the air. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the show. What's going on? I know what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, what? So you and Harper went on a little trip this weekend. Yeah. To what town again? Uh, to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yep. And so I started watching a video of you guys mm -hmm. at work, and then I got distracted because mm -hmm. I was working super hard <laughs> while I was watching a video. Yes, of exactly. But anyway, yes. I had to actually stop and do something. Mm -hmm. And then I never finished it. But you guys were at a hotel, and you were looking for room 666, mm -hmm. and I didn't get to finish the video. So what? Well, what, what room 666 has been changed to room 667. And they didn't do it in any sort of like nondescript way. It's like a seven that doesn't match the font of the other numbers on the door. Because <laughs> that changes everything. Completely. Completely. What um, room 666? It doesn't exist. But there is a story uh, with, I mean, obviously, it's, it seems like one of the most cliche, um, you know, things you could say for like it's room 666. Uh, but. There is a there is something with it. Let me um, pull it up on Wikipedia. The what hotel did I stay? At? What was what was it called? 
The haunted one. The haunted one that I stayed at. Uh, uh, I can think of the one across the street. Hang on. Arlington. Arlington Resort was the name of it. Uh, so I've pulled that up because I was reading the uh, Wikipedia on it. Uh, Resort Hotel. And there's a section on it about hauntings. Uh, the hotel is said to be one of the most haunted buildings on Bathhouse Row. Over the years, guests of the hotel have reported countless paranormal sightings. Room 667, previously named Room 666, is believed to be haunted by a guest who had committed suicide during the mid-1950s. Uh, at room 824, guests of the hotel claimed that their personal belongings would be moved around. The piano at the hotel's lobby bar is known to play by itself after midnight. So it has uh, it, it was a very neat hotel. Uh, very historic. And, you know, they're trying to do their best to keep the thing alive. Uh, so it was uh, it was a fun fun place but i gotta say uh did i say talk about this on the last show or did we talk about this off the year we talked about it on the last show okay yeah. but we didn't talk about the room yeah yeah and that whole 666 thing mm-hmm. and i didn't ask you did you think because you said you got a creepy feeling of the town but was the hotel did you feel like it was haunted yeah i mean i I did but i honestly i didn't feel that bad about the hotel the hotel actually kind of felt kind of the town in general yeah i the hotel i felt pretty safe and pretty good um i don't know i mean it's just yeah i I don't i got weird feelings there and i don't the thing is for me i don't usually get a lot of vibes about much uh especially like that kind of level where it's like i'm geographically feeling something so I don't know. I mean, I'm curious what, you've what someone been there else before, right? Yeah, and I also felt weird and, then too. Yeah, it's interesting. I, is there like some sort of horrible thing that happened in Hot Springs at some point in time, or I don't know, maybe to you in a previous life? Maybe I like burned to death in a spring. I I did go and feel the water. It's hot, like it is hot, and oh, I, that's interesting. So I don't know if like, and this is just like the spring that was in the park. I'm assuming like when you go to like the bathhouses, like they cool it down a little bit or something. Cause I don't know how anyone gets in that without They'd like have to. third degree burns. <laughs> Cause it's like, ridiculous. it's interesting that it's that hot. Yeah. Um, it, uh, uh, it was an interesting town. Uh, and let's go back sometime. And it's, I don't know. There's, just, there's a weirdness to it. Back to our conversation here in just a moment. I got to say this, you know, when you got pets, Whatever they may be, I have dogs, I have cats, and when they're healthy and happy, I'm happy, which is, it's a good thing. It's nice to feel that way, Uh, and it makes me very happy. Uh, Since I'm not a a mind reader, I don't always know when my cat is happy or healthy. Times are kind of elusive on that. Uh, Helping me know that my cat's healthy is just one reason why I use Pretty Litter. Yes, Pretty Litter is what it's called. It's ultra-absorbent crystals that uh, trap odor instantly, so no more cat bathroom smell. Especially if you have a litter box in the house. It's nice. It's nice. Breathe again. Pretty Litter Super Light Crystal Base also minimizes mess and dust, plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping, fewer trips to the garbage can. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help you detect early signs of potential illness in your cat including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. So you can get ahead of something uh, before it actually becomes something more serious. It's nice to be able to do that with your cat litter. 
And uh, Pretty Litter ships free to my door as well in a small, lightweight bag. Never run out of it. Don't have a have a huge container that's dusty and smelly and all that. Taking up space. Ever, or like the giant bags. You ever do the giant bags? You try and pour that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't have to worry about that with Pretty Litter. Pretty, Pretty Litter helps my cat stay healthy and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ghost to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ghost to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ghost. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. It says, hello, my name is Chris. My family has a ghost that lives here with us. It's a ghost of an old lady, I believe. She's dressed in the bedclothes of someone from the late 1800s. Think Ma Ingalls. She has appeared to us as a full apparition only three times since 1985. When she does appear, she glows a bluish white. She minds her own business, other than she likes the kitchen a certain way, open cupboards, etc. Sometimes cans will be moved around and such. You can feel her presence, though, and it's usually accompanied by the sound of wind chimes, sometimes the smell of roses. My family does have a bit of a dark history, lots of suicide attempts, history of drug abuse, and so on. I'm told I have a demonic attachment. On occasion, it's gone after other family members. Most of my family will not go in the attic or basement unless there is dire need. One night, I woke up to my daughter, Rihanna, who was about seven, screaming as if she was being murdered. I made it to the top of the stairs, and then there was a blinding, bluish light. The old lady ghost was protecting my daughter from whatever demonic force was there to hurt her. Rihanna described the dark energy as a black cloud that was hovering above her bed and wanted her to breathe in the mist. This would have led to a possession or attachment. I'm not sure. Rihanna was never perfect, but she was pretty innocent. And I think you have to consist, uh, consciously have to invite that stuff into your body and soul. Anyway, that was the first time I'd seen her as a full-bodied apparition. She appeared two more times over the decades. Both times, she opened the staircase bedroom door, marched out to the outside door, shut the door, and disappeared. As it happened in front of my daughter, both my parents, and my grandpa. Dad and Grandpa insist it was a trick of the mind, but they were both startled and shocked. I won't say scared, as our ghost is not scary. Anyway, that's my little ghost story. I've had quite a hard time researching who our ghost may be, probably as I don't know even where to look. I know that there were funerals held here in the late 1800s. For myself, my own attachment tries to get me to destroy myself through substance abuse, sketchy behavior. I've made promises to never hurt myself and stay away from the drugs and alcohol. Been sober 10 years now. Sorry, my story didn't have the spinning heads and pea soup with walls bleeding, etc. Thanks for your time. I was hoping for more of the pea soup and walls bleeding, honestly. And then we never get enough of that. More of that. But what I think um, makes the better ghost story, and we've talked about it before, is when it's not that. Yeah. It's stories like that. That's a creepy story. And I also find it real common where people, like, especially older people, oh, it's a trick of the mind sort of thing. You know, it's like rather than they just saw something they can't explain, oh, it's my mind messing with me. Mm -hmm. No, you saw a ghost. But it was interesting because it seemed like a pretty friendly little situation until the very, very end when it was like that person has, you know, his or her own demons and, you know, 
So thank God he or she's been sober this whole time. Yeah. For yeah. 10 years, anyway. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. But do they think, like, that the ghost is kind of tr- trying to tempt him, but obviously not doing it because he's doing a good job? Make them inch their way back over there? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I couldn't sense if it was more so stating, you know, I've, I've had these, my own demons in the past. I, I couldn't get a vibe if it was more so about, yeah. you know. Well, good job on staying sober. That's great. Yes. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a call. Hi. Let's hear your story. Hello, everyone. I am calling in from Tucson, Arizona. I have called before. Um, my name is Rocio. I am sitting in the parking lot <laughs> just waiting for work to start. And this is what I do. I listen to ghost stories while I work or while I wait to go to work. Um, so I wanted to say thank you for for your podcast. I've been with you guys since the very beginning. Uh, back when Tony used to uh, do food videos or cooking videos, uh, that far back. And I've been an EPP from the very beginning as well. Um, so I have a, a story to tell you guys that I've been meaning to to call in, but I just, I never get around to it. I figured I'd do it right now since I'm just sitting here in the parking lot dreading to go into work. Um, by the way, it's uh, August 30th today, 2022, uh, and it's 7.30 in the morning, just in case you guys wanted to know. <laughs> but I figured I'd tell you, hey, um, I'm here. I'm listening to you guys. So anyways, um, I had a friend, we're going to call him Mark, um, a friend named Mark, whom I met um, basically by doing covers on YouTube. He reached out to me um, and said, you know what, uh, I like the way you sing, so I wanted to ask if you wanted to collaborate with me um, in a rap song, and then you can sing the hook. Now this guy Mark lived in Long Beach, California, so I I didn't know how we were supposed to do that. And he said, "Oh, it's okay. You just record the hook, send us back the hook, and we'll add the rap." I'm like, "All right, well, sounds doable." So so that's what we did. It was nothing crazy. It was kind of like a hobby. Um, this was about six years ago. So Mark and his friend, we'll call him Joseph. Uh, <laughs> Mark and his friend Joseph, uh, we did the song together. Um, I just sent him the hook and, you know, it was just something for fun. Uh, so Mark and I, we became really good friends. Um, we started talking on the phone. Uh, we figured we have, we had a lot of things in common. Uh, and our friendship lasted about five years where we would call each other, check in on each other, um, you know, all that good stuff and, you know, uh, even give each other advice, vent to each other. Uh, we were both single at the time and I honestly feel had there not been distance between the both of us, I think there could have been something, uh, more than friendship there because we were, we were really good friends and also we were attracted to each other. Um, but anywho, uh, I would always tell Mark that he 
he was such a good guy and I, I hope that he would find somebody and um, he always uh, said no I don't want to I don't want to date and he was very devoted to his daughter so I understood that because I I was I have and always will be very devoted to my two sons um, as a single mother I understand and he was a single father so time time you know kept going and still kept in touch he had one Facebook account um, that we were friends on and he locked himself out of the account he forgot the password and he, he could never retrieve it um, back in 2013 so what he ended up doing is he ended up starting a new account and um, as time went by uh, we started um, you know talking less and less I got into a relationship and he got into a relationship as well which made me very happy because I always wanted Mark to to be happy so I you know I would kind of like check in on him here and there and you know say hello like his pictures or whatever but communication pretty much you know went away after we both got in relationships you know out of respect to our new partners um, and then one day I noticed that in his new Facebook account I was no longer his friend and then um, the picture the picture on his Facebook profile was of him and his girlfriend so I figured oh you know maybe the girlfriend decided no you cannot have any female friends so you know delete them and I understand that because I'm the same way you know out of respect for our partners um, and it was okay, you know, like, I I wished him well, but I would still think of him often, and w I would pray for him often. Um, so then time, time kept going, and I got a Facebook notification on his old account, the one that I was still left friends with. Um, and I thought it was weird, because that was the account that he was locked out of, but... It was a messenger notification, and it said that, that I had a message from uh, Mark. And when I went into the Facebook message, it was blank. It, it was like as if he had sent me a message, but it was blank. And I thought it was weird, uh, but I responded. I'm like, hey, are you, I see that you tried to send me a message. How come you didn't say anything? I thought maybe, you know, like... He tried to, but he, he forgot to or something. But I'm like, where have you been, lost guy? You know, I miss you. I hope every, everything is going well. Um, I hope you're, you know, you and your girlfriend are happy. You know, hi. You know, get back at me. And and he never responded. But I, I looked at the messenger. And, you know, when they are uh, signed into their Facebook, it says connected. It didn't say connected. It was just blank. I was like, what the hell? Like, that That didn't sit well with me. I'm like, that, that's weird. So uh, two or three days later, I was still, like, obsessing over this. Like, what the hell? Like, how come he didn't reach back? So I, it was, I was here at work, and I was in the car, and I looked up his name. And his old account came up where I was no longer with him 
But then right below, it was a video that Joseph had posted about Mark. And now Joseph, if you remember, he's the guy, the other guy that rapped in the song that we made together. But the video was saying, rest in peace, Mark. And I was like, what? Like my stomach dropped. Like my heart just, like no way. So I reached out to Joseph and I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I just saw that you made a video about Mark. You know what happened? And uh, he responded back. He said, yeah, um, unfortunately, Mark passed away a year ago. Um, he didn't really want to go into the details because there was something something weird about how Mark passed. And, um, you know, it was really hard for Joseph to tell me this. He's like, I don't know how to tell you. I don't even know how to begin to tell you. But, yes, he passed away. And I can tell the pain, you know. And in, in Joseph, for his, it was his best friend, Mark. And, you know, I just said, I'm so sorry for your loss. He goes, yeah, I'm sorry for your loss, too. And, I'm like, um, I have a question, I told him. Um, Mark had unfriended me on his new account, and I was still friends with him on his old account, but I received a notification that Mark, three days ago, tried to send me a message is, does anybody have his account information? Like, does his girlfriend have his, you know, is anybody signed into that? He's like, no. He's like, no. I, I know that for a fact because uh, he and I uh, have been friends. And he he told me, he said, uh, he had been locked out and could never retrieve the uh, password to that account. So he just forgot about that account, basically. And there's no way that anybody could have sent you a message. Um, and uh, I said, oh, okay, like I, I kind of figured. And he's like, well, maybe he wanted you to know, even though he's already, you know, on the other side, maybe he wanted you to know that he was no longer with us and kind of to let you know that you were appreciated by him. And and that's how I took it. Um I took it like that. You know what? Even though he's gone and we did lose touch before he passed away, I think he he made it a point to let me know, hey, um, I'm on the other side now, but thank you. Thank you for being my friend, and you you were special to me. That's how I took it. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was pretty much it. And... Um, I wanted to reach out and let you guys know the story, and I hope hope you guys like it. I hope to hear it. Um, have a good day, and uh, God bless you all. I think if you started like doing some pottery, that anything would occur, that there'd be a moment. No, that was really <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because like if you got that message like that, you could screenshot it and be like, you can see the date. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody reached out to me, but that's like, that's so cool and sad. And like, there's all of the emotions that go with that story. Yeah. Because it's sad that he's gone and all, but you know, the fact that after he's gone, you get a message like that. 
And then for her to like, like even have to do a little digging, you know, like looking at his page and then seeing that and then reaching out to that guy. And would you keep replying to the message? I think I would to the thread and just see if anything ever comes. I, in fact, I know I would have. Because yeah. if I would have gotten that, especially if it's somebody like that, I and I didn't know, I would have been, because it's me. Oh my God, I'm so happy to hear from you. How are you doing? Yeah. Because that's just me. Even if I'm on, you know, even if it's like somebody that we did have a, even if it was a bad relationship for a while and then that person reached out to me, I think I would still follow up. Sure. I'd be like, because I'm kind of the type that, I mean, I won't say that for everybody because there are a couple of people I really don't care to ever talk to again. But I think that even if one of them reached out to me on Facebook, I'd be like, hey, hope you're well. Because I do. It's not Uh like I wish anybody harm, but I would definitely have responded. Yeah. And especially after hearing that, I think I would have responded. If you don't delete your, I never delete my messages on anything. So I I think you could probably, she could probably go back there because this is a current call. This is not that long. It was August uh, that she called in. Uh, so if, if your thread's still there on Facebook, I would start messaging it. And I think you have to go, like, Facebook, I've never deleted one thing. No. Like, I can go back and it's like, oh, wow, I guess I did message that person in 2014. Yeah. You know. At 3 a.m. Because <laughs> I kind of have done that recently because I've gone through, I kind of, been unfriending some people then i look at them and i'm like have we ever messaged i don't really know this person yeah. it's we're gonna radio and it's like delete unfriend mm-hmm. not to be rude it's just like you know really i don't know you there's so many folks from like 15 20 years ago that i'll get messages like who are they like what did we do together and it's like and seriously even this podcast like sometimes i I'm assuming they're yeah. trying to friend me from this podcast. Sure. I would prefer they would say, hey, Carol, listen sure. to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Mind accepting my friend request? No, I would do that. But yeah. I, then I like some people, I look at their likes and it's like, oh, I see they like the podcast. Mm-hmm. But other people, I'm sorry, I've not friended you because of that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? Well, anyone can like you, right? I mean, I hope so, because I'm really kind. <laughs> I know, that's what I did there. No, yeah, you can find my page okay. is wide open. Yeah, at Carol Hughes. Yeah. Oh, and I'm at Tony Bruski. Because on Facebook, yeah. just Carol Hughes, and we're friends, so we're easy to find. Yeah. And know. on Instagram, I'm yeah. just Carol Hughes. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm uh, Tony Bruski on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it starts out. I can pull up the letter over here. Uh, my name is Christy. I'm from Ontario, Canada. I still live in the house I grew up in. It's located in a small village. The house was built in the early 1900s, if not in the late 1800s. My family and I had known that our house is haunted, but we never felt threatened or scared. In fact, my mother believes they look out for us on our darkest moments. For example, when I was a kid, we had a house fire one night in the house. At the time, me and my twin brother shared the same room that was located upstairs right beside my mom's room. The candle burst during the night, which caused the fire, which was also like located upstairs beside my mom's room. I remember walking or waking up due to the extreme heat and hearing my brother scream, turn down the heat. 
multiple times. I remember my brother and I trying to find our window to open to get some air, but we couldn't find it. My brother's screams had woken up my mother and saved us all. I fainted before she got to my room, so I remember waking up in my neighbor's house on their couch. My mom was very surprised at how well my brother could scream when he was in the burning house as she even had troubles breathing. My mom thinks her mom's spirit had something to do with the rescue. Luckily, no one got hurt and we were able to repair the house. Other times when we think we were being protected, but protected was when uh, I was in a very bad crash over the summer. I should have died considering the damage of my old car and the cubed van. I was very lucky to survive with only a broken femur. Also, my older brother had cancer when he was a teenager and had low survival rates, but he pulled through as a healthy living man today. We've also experienced little things like bottles thrown across the room, the radio having the volume raised when it was already playing, the mumbles you hear at night on the main floor, the sound of someone running up the stairs at night, the sound of my dad's guitars playing, and so on. One of my favorite experiences was when we all actually found out that the house was haunted by a man. One Christmas, my brother received a poster of Jimi Hendrix. Later that day, he decided to hang it up on his bedroom wall, which was located in the basement at the time. He decided to take a picture of the poster from his phone. After he took the picture, he looked at it and noticed a floating head of an older man with dark, short hair. It looked like the man was wearing a tux. The weird thing is that the man had an evil-looking grin on his face. He showed the picture to us. As years went by, the phone broke. The picture was forever gone. When I entered high school, I made a few friends and decided to tell my personal ghost stories. I eventually told my one friend about the man in my house. I described the man to him and my friend asked me where I live. So I told him and he was stunned to find out that I lived in the house his dad grew up in or his grandpa died in. His grandpa's name was John Coleman. I was disappointed that I couldn't show him the picture from my brother's phone. But the next day, my friend brought an old picture of his grandpa of him holding a guitar. A friend said he used to play the guitar a lot. The picture looked very similar to the picture I remember from my brother's old phone. Over the years, I got some EVPs and had many more experiences, which I'll write in about another time. Hope my ghost story gets on the show. Hope it wasn't too long. Love you guys. Thanks for the podcast. Thoughts on that? So that's a really interesting situation to me. Because there's this person in this house tells this person, this person thinks that's the dead grandfather. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the grandfather? Yeah. And um, wouldn't you be curious? Wouldn't you want to go over or would you go tell your parents and then your parents would be like, oh my God, my dad is haunting that place. Like I got to go connect. Wouldn't you want to? Or would I you would. Want yeah. To? I mean, I guess it probably depends on the demeanor of the parents and what, you know, what you think they'd believe or want to take out of that situation but i think as a child if that had been like somebody would have moved into my, my grandma's house and yeah. then they're like we're seeing this woman and it looks like then i'm like oh my god that's my grandma i would have been there in a second oh yeah without like, a doubt i, I would have been like oh my god i love my grandma so much yeah without a doubt and and i'm a kid even if i didn't love my grandma out of curiosity i would have gone because that's what you do when you're a kid. You know, yeah. you try everything. And so I just think that's interesting that 
I thought there was going to be, and then they went over to the house kind of storyline. <laughs> so it just makes me wonder if they, I would assume the kid went home that day and said, hey, remember the house you used to live in? Apparently, Grandpa's still haunting it. <laughs> Surprise! Well, you know, yeah. I just think that's such an interesting story because normally there isn't that kind of connection that anybody ever gets with a ghost story. No. You know, usually it's like, would like to do some research on the house. And even if you do, you never find out anything. Yeah. But that sounds like that was him. That gives it a personal touch and a you know, a very accurate look at uh, who was is probably haunting that house. It's fascinating it to is. me. It really is. That was a good one. Thank you for uh, for sharing that story. If you have a real ghost story you want to share with us, you can uh, share it at realghoststoriesonline.com or by calling 855-853-4802. Call it 24-7 and share those ghost stories. We'd absolutely love to hear them. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you want access to our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, all with no commercials, get all the regular episodes in advance, no ads, check out ghostpodcast.com or Patreon on the Patreon app and search Real Ghost Stories Online. Get access to all of it for only $5 a month. Check it out. Thanks for your support. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Ghost Stories Online.